From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. We are a podcast that touches on culture, leadership, a healthy church, a whole lot more, actually. But we are with you, and we have a wonderful, wonderful topic today. First of all, I need to introduce other servants that are with me. To my left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. To my right, AJ Fry. Hello, everybody. And across from me, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact, the tea bag was invented in 1908. The tea bag. <laughs> Yes. As opposed to just loose leaf tea. Loose leaf tea. Yes. So. <laughs> Revolutionary. It was changed the world. I just world. thought, you know, we talk about coffee a lot, and I love coffee, so I was trying to be all-inclusive and bring in the tea drinkers. It reminds me of a story of some missionaries <laughs> that received. Oh, here we go. Paid out <laughs> of, of their own personal funds. Uh-oh. And received in Africa a box of used tea bags that Why? were sent from the United States to bless their souls. Used. Used tea bags. You that... can't reuse tea bags. I'm from the South. That is a sin. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, there, we, we all have, those who are listening, we all have stories of weird stuff that has been sent to us. You guys even, you've been missionaries three, four years, right? But you have some story of weird stuff, right? That's been sent to you or not. Not used tea bags. No, no, but some <laughs> some weird stuff. Like we, this is not the weirdest, but one <laughs> but one time we got chocolate chips sent to us, but you know in the process they melt and then mold together. <laughs> and giant so it was a chip. it was a giant <laughs> was block a of chocolate. It was, was like these would have been good. We, we used it still. We were excited to have that much fun. chocolate. Yeah, we, we figured that one out. Yeah. I think the weirdest thing we got, though, was when our kids were, like, older, like, 9, 10, 11 years old, we got a ton of, like, baby board books because we had put, like, that our kids liked to read. And for some reason, they thought our kids nice. were really True. little, so we yeah. got, like, five or six board books yeah. for babies. I remember <laughs> gathering the kids and being like, just so we can say that we read these. Right. <laughs> and a 12-year-old Elijah, 10-year-old Sydney are reading, like, Llama Llama Wakey Wake. <laughs> Which Scott got a lot of joy out of. He probably needed that book at that point in time more than the kids did. I did enjoy it. If you're listening, whoever sent that likely doesn't even know what a podcast is. We just want to say thank you. That was a wonderful, wonderful time. So diplomatic. I know. Scott's good at that. Well, diplomatically, we're going to transition. We're going to transition into a picture that we found. It was probably tied to an article. I have no clue what that article was. Uh, We're really good at sources around here. No, but I will give you the source. It's by Dr. James O. Davis, the founder and president of the Global Church Network. And he outlines 10 qualities of pandemic leaders. And at first you would think, okay, I want to be a leader during the pandemic. I, I, I don't want to be a follower. I want to, but he says, well, we've seen a lot of pandemic leaders, but how can you be a, it's a little cheesy. Are you ready? A pandemic leader. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's going to be the title of, of this episode. But as we read it, we were like, this actually has a lot to say because we've seen the one side where you just kind of have the pandemic leader and then the other side. 
I could read all, all 10 of these, but I think we should probably jump in. Let, let's do it that way. So what jumps out at you? And maybe you could name like, okay, so a regular leader during the pandemic would be like this, but a person that's planning, a person that's forward thinking, a person that's effective during this time would do this. AJ, would you like to start us? Yeah, I think what I see the most of, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure most people would agree, especially in the early couple months of this pandemic, is this desire or this wish to go back to the way things were. Hmm. Everyone's pushing and like saying, well, we know we just need to get back to the way things were. Just go, let's just go back. You know, um, just we're just gonna wait it out for now and then we'll return to the way things were. And the opposite side of that, like a pandemic leader uh, would say, would work to go forward. Like not look back all the time, but just work to find the new normal and work towards that and go forwards. Uh, there's a couple other ones that kind of pertain to that too, but this is most, most clearly represents to me what I see most of. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of like when it, when it all first started and people started saying, Oh no, but it'll get back to normal. You know, we'll get back to normal. I was thinking, will it though? Or should it hmm. like, to, we have a, a, a great opportunity, especially as the church, to be creative in ministry and how we, quote unquote, do church, right? <laughs> I hate to say that because we are the church, <laughs> you know, but how we put together sermons or services or how we get together, how we be the church. We have a, such a unique opportunity because the the whole world is in like this pause and like this, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, just hold on, it'll get it'll get back to normal. We need to move forward to find the new normal. Yeah. And that may look completely different, but I think if the church does it right, we can come out on the other side of this, mm-hmm. totally different possibly, but so much better, so much healthier. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little exhausting for me But I've been encouraged at the same time to be invited uh, by our region or even our denomination to be a part of some of those types of meetings. You know, how can we look forward and not just be reactive, but proactive? And uh, the reason I say it's exhausting is because, you know, I didn't realize how doing that with a multicultural group is exciting, but it takes time. It takes time. There are so many different opinions. There are so many different points of view, even different languages that have to be translated and things like that. Um, But I am so encouraged in this time, in the last three to four months, that we have had leadership that's been guiding us Mm. in that direction Mm. and and saying, (laughs) we can plan new projects and things, but we first need to think about what the new normal would be like, how God wants to use this as an opportunity. Yeah. I got I mean, I got to say for me personally, I was reading through this list and I'm a pretty hardcore pessimist. <laughs> and so we don't claim that name over you. <laughs> I was, was going to say that's hard to be as a Wesleyan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's one that says complains about the problem, but the pandemic leader creates a solution. Yes. And I personally, I see myself complaining a lot more about the problems, not so much about the problem of the pandemic itself but the problem of like how people are handling handling the pandemic. You know, I I just see so many wrong ways to me. Personally, I know that's uh, biased, but so many 
ways that we could be better and that we're, we're just not getting it. We're just not getting a hold of it. And so for me, it's easy to complain about those things and I don't have solutions for them. And sometimes it's hard to think of solutions when everything just seems so daunting, you know? So that's, I mean, that's one thing that I'm personally struggling with is the complaining about a problem instead of trying to come up with a creative solution. When I hear that word complain about a problem or the problem, it always, almost always complain makes me think about the um, story in the Bible about the Israelites that are walking through 40 years of desert experience and they're grumbling. <laughs> like they're grumbling, they're grumbling. Like that's what they became known for, right? Yeah. Like they're known as this grumbling people during a time of problem. They're the grumblers. They're not the praisers. They're not the the innovators. They're not, they are known for grumbling. <laughs> and so I think in this, you know, in this picture, I think about, okay, so what does a leader do? Moses is the leader of the time. And you know, you can see certain things that I think Moses is like, well, quail's going to fall out of the sky, you know? And I think even <laughs> then they'll, they would be like, he's crazy. That's never going to happen, you know? And Moses is like, I'm just creating a solution. Like, I think yeah. there are things that are in the <laughs> middle of a terrible problem that God does give leaders like this way forward. Mm -hmm. But I don't even know that the people will support leaders all the time. And I think that that, that is one of the things when I look through all of these things of there's a lot of even the one that you were talking about beforehand, the wishes to go back and the works to go forward, mm -hmm. like those verbs of we don't just stay in this mind space of wishing for something. A leader works. Yeah. And it is a lot of work yeah. right now to create a solution for things that don't exist. You don't know what the world's going to be like in six months or in one year. And so creating those solutions. I mean, if you look at Moses' solutions, Moses' solutions were we're going to walk through the Red Sea. <laughs> we're going to wait for food to fall out of the sky. We're going to drink water from a rock. Like, those are pretty innovative solutions, you know? And <laughs> I have a feeling that as God continues to call leadership up out of this time, even if people aren't clamoring to be like, that's the best idea I've ever heard. It's still God's idea. And so like working towards those solutions are things that create the pandemic leader, you know, and hopefully people do start to fall in line behind you. But I think the Bible shows us that there's plenty of leaders that are doing exactly what God wants them to do to lead in a time of difficulty mm. that the rest of the people don't get behind them. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of relates to the one that grabbed me. The pandemic leader allows society to describe them, and the plandemic leader allows scripture to direct them. <laughs> None of us enjoy, I think very few of us and even our listeners would be at the very top of our organization. You know, there's always someone that's above us in leadership, and there's usually people that you know, we're their boss or we're their leaders as well. And so uh, no one, none of us like when the people below us complain about us, mm. you know, and then we find ourselves possibly doing that to the people above us. I don't understand why they made that decision, mm. you know, and the allowing society to describe us. I have kind of seen that mob mentality where it's like the most recent news came out. And did you see the number of test results? And did you see mm. exactly what such and such a church is doing? And did you see this and that and the other? And how we just end up getting carried along and, oh, well, I must believe this and my emotions tell me this and society or media is telling me this. And it really takes some resolve, yeah. some passion, some commitment to the word of God to be like, I am going to define my 
self and my mm-hmm. actions and even my, my, my thoughts and emotions in this time, according to God and scripture, yeah. instead of what mm-hmm. I am seeing all around me in society. I think that's been an anchor. Uh, Emily, if I can brag on you, I mean, I think that you've been doing that really well for our family, for our ministry. Uh, you've been able to have prayer times. You've been solid. And I can see that that's been the, that's been the, the foundation that's helped us not to go on this roller coaster that is the pandemic. And I would also say, like, along those same lines, we're really figuring out how Scripture defines church. And we've talked about that on this podcast before, that the church is the body of people and not the building. And so, like, if we are letting society define us, we are a building. And without Mm, our building, what are we? And so the leaders that I see that are really embracing this pandemic leadership are the ones that say, the building does not define us yeah. mm-hmm. and we will continue without it. I've, I've watched on online uh, several pastors like tick down the moments until their governmental system says you can open your doors back. Yeah. And then they usually shut down a couple weeks later. And the ones that have said like, it doesn't matter if we're open or closed. Like we are still the body of Christ. They like, are flourishing and it's incredible to see like their embrace of biblical the biblical definition of church Mm. um, and how god is blessing that Mm. chelsea which one kind of grabbed you um i talk about i liked number nine um turns inward and holds on is the pandemic leader and a pandemic leader turns outward and reaches out. Hmm. I have seen a couple of times where churches have said, we are more effective, actually, if we start focusing our efforts on the people around us rather than on our own congregation. My example is there's a church in the States that has um, started a drive-in service. And so they're broadcasting. You can't walk into the building. You can't even get out of your vehicle. Um, But they are broadcasting it over radio waves. And the interesting piece of that is all of their neighbors around their physical building have started tuning in. People that have never walked into the building. And so now they're at this dilemma. Their church building has the ability to open back up. And they're like, but what do we do with these people that aren't actually willing to come in? Do we just stop? Do we abandon them? And so they've continued meeting outside in their parking lot. Oh, wow. Even though they have permission to go inside. Mm -hmm. um, Because they have adjusted that expectation to look outside Hmm. of their norm and outside of themselves the building and the concept or at least the perception of what that is was a barrier and instead of saying let's get back to the comfortable uh they've said i'm let's embrace the outreach yeah let's not think inward but but think outward right wow what about you emily um i liked the one that said pandemic leader mimics the majority and a pandemic leader masters the moment and i think it probably spoke to me the most because of the missionary mentality that i just have of like this contextualization like everything can be contextualized and even though it's a really great idea it might look different one place than another place and um 
I think somebody that's just trying to survive the pandemic is just literally doing what everybody else is doing. Mm. So they said, well, we they said we had to have an online service. So I guess I'm going to sit here and preach in front of a cell phone and figure out how to open a Facebook page. And um, that to me is totally mimicking the majority because you've not read your congregation because you've not read your community <laughs> to know exactly what your congregation needs in this time. And mastering the moment, I think, uh, I was a part of a webinar about two and a half to three weeks ago, and I was just really inspired by the um, guy that was speaking for about 30 minutes. He only spoke about 30 minutes, but he said that he could see how the past two years that they as a congregation had been on a journey already of really creating like a... Um, small group system and they call them life groups and uh, they just were focused for the past two years on empowering the people to be able to minister to each other and in their communities that was what they've been doing for two years before all this happened and he just continually said and now we're literally just making that system work like our church is in life groups and there's people still meeting together and they're still in touch with each other and even though we're not meeting in our building together he said of course we miss that interaction but he said, we're thriving and there's people coming to know the Lord through the outreach of those groups. And um, to me, I think that's mastering the moment of like, okay, God, what did you do in the last year or two years that has prepared us to live right now in this moment? And every church is going to look different. Um, but I remember after that, that, you know, like I literally had a conversation with Scott and I said, we've got, you know, that cell group structure in our church as well. And we haven't utilized it the way that we can or the way that we should. And again, I go back to the work. It takes a lot of work. But um, I think that's mastering the moment. There are things that instead of just saying, well, we do an online service because that's what everybody else is doing. Um, maybe an online service isn't what your church needs. Maybe your church needs more prayer time or maybe they need more corporate worship in some way or I, I don't know. But mastering the moment is something that I think is um truly definitive for me of somebody that's just trying to get through the pandemic and somebody that literally says we will be a different church body on the other side of this and things that we're doing in this time of pandemic will be things we continue to do when we're done and I kind of wonder mm -hmm. how many things that we're doing right now and even the example that you had of like drive-in church or something like that when you realize something we're doing is working when we can go back to the old way Will we go back to the old way? Right. And that to me is what the interesting, we're in this interesting spot of like what that we're doing now that as reaching in a way it's never reached, will we continue to do even when everything could go back to normal? Hmm. This entire picture reminds me of the time in Jeremiah where he's telling the Israelites to pray for the prosperity of the city hmm. because you too will prosper. And I feel like that's the different of the two sides hmm. is one side is not praying for the prosperity of this pandemic. And the other side is saying we can still prosper in the hmm. midst yes. of this. <clears throat> and, and I just think as the Israelites sat in exile, that some of our people are feeling that some of yeah. our people are feeling pretty isolated. Um, so Let's yeah. figure out how to prosper in the midst of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think a lot of our talking has kind of focused on a, maybe a leader or a pastor. And that's really what we do on this, on this uh, podcast. But I'm also starting to think, like, what about people that are listening to us that are thinking, well, I mean, I'm really maybe only a leader in my home, you know, I'm a parent or maybe in my school or whatever, you know. 
I think even there you can take some of these principles. Uh, don't maintain, try to reach what you just said, Chelsea, you know, let's continue to prosper. It's not just surviving, it's thriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what you were saying, AJ. It's not just, oh, let's get through this and we'll just you know, call this a lost year, you know, Um, but really God, what do you want to do in my family? Yeah. Because, you know, we can talk about, well, maybe we're going to start an online service or maybe we're going to have a drive-in service and things like that. That's good. I'm glad that we did talk about some of that thing, that stuff. But what, what about for me, Lord, what would you, how would you want to work in me in this time? You know, how would you, desire that society doesn't define me, but scripture does, you know, and there are so many different other ways. Is there anything else that kind of jumps out or you would like to highlight from this, from these 10? It's a list of 10 qualities of a pandemic leader. I think the easy one that would be remiss to not give a nod to at least is um, the one where he says a pandemic leader is moved by fear mm-hmm. and the pandemic yeah. leader is motivated by faith. Hmm. And yeah. um, I, I think there is a lot of example of that happening right now. I think that de- that pastors and leaders and even lay people are having to dig pretty deep and they're having to say, what is my faith in? Like, is my faith just a salvific? Is it something that just like for eternity's sake, I'm saved? Or is my faith something that truly is the rock that I'm living on right now. And um, and faith, the reason why I like it is because he says, uh, is motivated by faith. Mm. And motivation, mm. it goes to your action. And so what you're doing um, is, is completely based on who you believe God to be, who you believe Jesus Christ to be, and who you believe the Holy Spirit to be. And um, I, I hope that we are all leaders that are motivated by faith, that we don't just allow uh, the circumstance to define what my motivation is going to be, but my motivation comes from my faith. It's probably worth it to say we're not saying we should be motivated by faith and not fear. Therefore, we're not going to wear a mask. Therefore, we're uh, just... <laughs> I'm a huge advocate of masks. <laughs> we're we're going to go, you know... Be with a bunch of people. Yeah, we're going to do different things. That's not what we're saying here. But we are saying, you know, taking the measures that are necessary, according to what we've (laughs) figured out from scientists, health uh, officials and authorities, you know, we still can do that in faith and not in fear. We can still move forward and say, let's let's uh, advance and not just be paralyzed during this time. Well, and even, you know, the faith, I think Christians sometimes use faith only in the context of, so I'm not going to wear a mask because I have faith. He's right. going to keep me safe. Right. When this is talking about being motivated by faith, you're motivated by who God is. You're motivated by what he's doing in your life, not just that he can protect. I think sometimes we think about faith as God protects me because I step out. I Peter stepped out of the boat and Jesus saved him because he had faith, you know, and, and he started uh, sinking when he didn't have faith. And so we think about it in this really action-oriented. But um, when we're figuring out all of these things, you know, that motivation of faith is faith in Jesus Christ, Hmm. not just in what he does, but who he is. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've found a lot of comfort in the sovereignty of God. The faith Mm -hmm. that I have in knowing that God is sovereign has given me so much calm in my life over these past six months uh, because that's a faith thing. I believe that. I can't see it. I can't see God's sovereignty, but I know that it's there and the faith that I have is solid. And that's what motivates me to continue moving forward. Cool. Mm -hmm. 
AJ, is there a way to include like a photo in our show notes or something like that? I, I don't really have a link to this. Uh, there might be a way. I there might be that. a way. Well, we're, we're going to try and it, it is, uh, it is visual. It's, uh, we've given you, you know, six or seven of the 10, uh, but it's, it, it's really nice. It looks nice on, on the photo, but at any rate, if you would like to hear a little bit more about this, Emily, where can they get a hold of us? You can contact us through the Worthless Servants podcast on the Facebook page. You can find us on mesoamericagenesis.org. And we're also on Spotify. So you can give us a follow there. Maybe we could post that picture to the Facebook page. So then you would have a reason oh, to go to the Facebook page. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and maybe you could add number 11, number 12, whatever. Sure. When you've seen, hey, this is a normal leader, pretty much, you know. And then, but you know, a pandemic leader, a great leader. Uh, would look like this during this time. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Well, we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Chelsea Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.